playoff champion and MVP, the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year this past year. I believe in two seasons, what was it, about 3,800 yards rushing in about two years there at Ohio State. Does that sound right, Ezekiel? How does, uh, how does number 10 to the Giants look to you, or do you want to be number one overall? Um, it looks good to me, honestly. Uh, that's not my job to pick where I go. It's my job to go out there and compete at the combine, go out there and compete at Pro Day, and uh, handle my business in those interviews with the team. Crazy question. If you could just pick which team you would like to go to, who would you love to draft you? Um, Dallas Cowboys. You know, I want to go and play behind that great offensive line that they got down in Dallas. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Yeah! How about them, Cowboys, indeed. Feed Zeke, feed Zeke, feed Zeke. Ezekiel Elliott has ended his contract holdout and will be a Dallas Cowboy for years to come. Welcome into The Athletic and welcome into About Them Cowboys. I am your producer, Kent Garrison, and I have assembled our trusted action news team here at About Them Cowboys to react to this breaking Ezekiel Elliott news. Ezekiel Elliott signing a six-year extension to remain a Dallas Cowboy with $50 million guaranteed and will keep him a Dallas Cowboy for basically his entire career. Um, for those of us had, that have been following this story for a number of weeks, we're excited to see this thing finally come to an end and hopefully we can finally get some rest uh, considering this thing broke at about 5 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning uh, California time and um, maybe we'll finally get be able to um, you know exhale a little bit here KT yeah so oh, nothing like waking up uh, to a fire alarm of a Dallas Cowboys contract signing and that's kind of what happened this morning I was uh, like Monday. I woke up to like six missed calls I was like either somebody died or Zeke signed <laughs> I was lucky that it was Zeke <laughs> you know, and some Cowboy fans would see that as, as two bad things right. um, I I personally uh, am okay with the deal, but I would like to get uh, John's general thoughts on the contract uh, before I even get to weigh in. So what do you think, John Mashota? I mean, I understand what pe- how people feel about not paying running backs. I just feel like Zeke's a different kind of back. Um, is it a lot of money? Yeah, of course. And it's a position that no one, well, not no one, but not many teams are paying a lot of money to. So I get anybody that, wants to bash it or thinks it was a bad move me personally though I really don't think there was much choice I think you had to do it and the reason why I say it is just because I really do believe this guy is the the pulse of this team I know Stephen Jones has called him the, the straw that stirs our drink and and I believe that I, I just think he's a different kind of he has a different kind of impact on this team than most backs have on their team and and everything goes through him um you know the Todd Gurley thing gets brought up a lot, but Todd Gurley has a history of, of injuries, whereas Ezekiel Elliott doesn't. And they believe that he's the workhorse type back that can continue to handle the workload that he's been given. And if they didn't think he was that guy, they certainly would never even been flirting with a contract extension because we obviously saw that with DeMarco Murray coming off that 1,800-yard season. If, if, if they were just trying to pay a running back because they, they were a run-first team, they would have paid DeMarco Murray. But they clearly think that Ezekiel Elliott is a different dude. That's why I felt like... They were going to sign him regardless. It was just going to be how long does this take to get done. And I felt all along, it just the way the market is, if you feel like you have the best running back in the game, which they do, you're going to have to make him the highest paid running back. And and so they had to give him above what Gurley got, which is what they did. And I, and I don't think it was, you know, it, on the per year average, I don't think it was significantly more. Um, obviously, a lot of the details are still coming out right now as we record the show. Um, 
but it's also a deal that I just think, okay, it'll hold its place for a little bit, and then Saquon Barkley will be the next guy to come, and his deal will top that, and then on, on we go. But uh, I, I just kind of feel like it was a no-brainer. I feel like they had to do it, and, there, and they weren't going to get it done with Ezekiel Elliott if it didn't reach this type of territory and get to this dollar amount. And so to have the team that they have put together that's ready to make a Super Bowl run, you had to have this guy there because just was they were not making a Super Bowl run without Ezekiel Elliott. And I'm glad you brought up Saquon Barkley because that's that's where this thing differs in the way we talk about contracts. With running backs, Zeke is in that elite club of guys who will get paid that type of money. And maybe Christian McCaffrey joins that club and maybe Kamara joins that club as big mismatch types of guys. With quarterbacks, the quarterback gets paid no matter what. With running backs, only the really good ones get that top-level money. So that's where I think there's a big difference in the way we've 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 talked about these things and, and thought about these things. When I look at it, I look at a couple things. A, we do need to, as as you mentioned, these are the details are still coming out on that. We do need to sit there and go. You know what? We need to wait and see the full structure of this deal. Uh, you know, you look at it and you go fifty million guaranteed. Well, I kind of view that as a four year fifty million dollar deal if that's how it's structured, and we'll still. Find that out. But the fifth-year option is gone, which he would have been playing for $9 million next year. We can wipe that out and wipe out whatever he was going to make this year. And you start to look at it and go, well, this is not a you know six-year deal. And there's some people who have equated it to an eight-year deal. No, that's not the way it's going to be. It's going to be probably four years. And then you can adjust. And another thing that you said that I really like, John, is you said he's different than these other guys. And that's where I saw a tweet from, I believe it, and I, I like his stuff, Warren Sharp. I think he's got some good football insight, uh, but he's a very analytical guy, and I am as well sometimes. I just thought for this specific situation, the Cowboys, the owner, the roster that they've put together, the trust in Will McClay to continue replacing players at minimum wage, paying Zeke was a no-brainer, and it was just a matter of when, not if. But one thing that Warren Sharp kind of tweeted out, Todd Gurley, hurt. Melvin Gordon, holding out. Jarek McKinnon, hurt. Devontae Freeman, hurt. The thing about Zeke that's different from all these guys, A, he's a better player. Yeah, David Johnson was on that tweet as well. Hurt. Zeke's a better player than all of those guys, first of all. Um, And we can argue that with Gurley if you like. But Zeke never had a torn ACL in college like Gurley did. So that's where I kind of sit there and go, man – all these things that everyone's worried about with Zeke, I'm going to have to see it before I'm terribly concerned about him yet. Yes, the Cowboys are going to be smart. They're not going to give him the ball 400 times this year. I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to try to ride him heavy in the second half like they did last year, and I think they'll be smart with how they use him early in the year because they've added Tony Pollard. So I'm not concerned about all these what-ifs. You know, I, I do go... Like, the questions that you have can be... About the off the field stuff, if you want to talk about that, yeah, I'm down to listen to that. Just in general, the philosophy of paying a running back, I understand all that and get it. I just don't think for this roster that made sense to do that. The way they've built this thing has worked. They've had three straight winning seasons. Just because you haven't won a Super Bowl doesn't mean it's been an abject failure. And that's where I kind of sit here and go, everything's going to be okay. This is actually doing the right thing. And then, you know, I can I can be swayed if once I see the structure of the deal. If the structure of the deal is entirely Zeke-friendly and not Cowboy-friendly at all, well, then maybe I'll back off this stance. But I don't really see 
how anyone could have a lot of qualms with this deal. Yeah, when I when I talk about him just kind of being a different kind of back too, what I mean is I just it's not just on the field, it's just behind the scenes. Like I'm not at the star right now, but I'll be there in a little bit, and I and I can guarantee you that when we go out to practice, there's just going to be a different energy out there. Th- this team loves this guy they love having him as a teammate you know I mean they talk about a lot of that same stuff about how he's different and and when I say that also uh, I'm, I'm combining that with the fact that the Cowboys have made it clear with how many guys are on one-year deals Jason Garrett going in the final year of his contract over and over again this offseason how Stephen Jones talked about taking the next step they have to try and make a Super Bowl run getting just the playoffs the divisional round that's not going to cut it and so if you're continuously saying that message and then you don't re-sign Zeke and he's just holding out and he and he's not in the building until he absolutely is forced to be there, it just it doesn't send the right message to the rest of the team. Now where they're at, they have everybody loaded up. You know, they're going to go into week 1 with with all the weapons that uh they had hoped to have in the off season and now they have a, a real legitimate shot. They they're they're putting in, you know, they're putting all their cards in. They they've made their play. And and now so now it's up to the players to take and the coaching staff to take it to the next level. But in from in terms of what the front office has done, they've done everything that they could do. Now with now it's on the team. They've put them in the best possible situation, and really that's that's all you can really ask for. Let's talk about positional spending for a minute. In terms of average contract uh, per year, um, something guy from over the cap had, had thrown out the idea of the Cowboys are now spend the second most on the running back position in the NFL. First most is the Rams. You think the Rams are happy with their investment in Jarek McKinnon? And, you know, they've got Matt Breida and they spent money on Tevin Coleman. Give me the Cowboys' backfield over the, theirs. The Rams are third. Then you have the Texans and the Jets. So, like, you're, they're, they're going to be top five in running back spending. They're, they're going to end up probably top ten in quarterback spending if that deal ever gets done. And we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, in the future. When I look at the team, though, I never saw a full pivot happening when they brought in Kellen Moore. I saw a a guy who's just going to use things uh, uh, and the tools that they have a little differently. And I think there's a lot of people who are clamoring for a whole different style, and that may have to do with angst against Jason Garrett. When you look at this team, John, do you see a team that can be a top-10 offense? Because I, I've, I've got them locked in as a top 10 offense and a top five defense this year. I truly believe that will happen. Yeah, no, I do. And, and that's been the thing that's been missing in these previous seasons. They've had good teams, but one side of the ball hasn't been on the level of the other side of the ball. And really, it's been the defense. Now, this is the best defense that they've had in a long time. And so now you pair that with an offense that, I mean, on paper, now that you're getting Travis Frederick back, you're adding in uh, Jason Witten's coming back, and then you you know Lyle Collins, Siren Smith, and then you mix in Randall Cobb, a second year with Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper. I mean, on paper, it looks great. It looks like there's no reason it shouldn't be a top ten offense. I I, I would be surprised if they're not. I, I really feel strongly that what they've done is they've built themselves to a spot now where they can win playing several different styles of football you know and and I believe that to win a Super Bowl that's a, that's the type of team you have to be you have to be able to you know win an AT&T stadium at noon and at 3:30 when the sun's coming <laughs> through the doors and then you also got to be the team that can go outside and go win in Chicago in December and I believe with the way that this team has been built they can do that now do you uh what, what took so long on this whole thing 
Or what do you think took so long? Is that just a part of the Cowboy brand? There's going to be drama and deadlines make deals and all that stuff. Is that what took so long to get this thing done? Yeah, I feel like both sides need to want to have a little drama for this to go this long because you've obviously seen with guys like you know Jalen Smith recently and Lyle Collins recently, and then obviously Jason Witten, Tony Romo, lot like these guys, a lot of their contracts got taken care of. Demarcus, well, Demarcus Lawrence had a little bit uh, when it, you know, I mean it. It didn't get to this stage, obviously, but there was a little back and forth there. And then, you know, DeMarcus Ware in the past and guys, and guys like that, I think that it takes both sides. You know, I, I really feel like if Ezekiel Elliott is just probably at his home in Frisco, um, I think that that might take a little bit away from it. But the fact that he was going to Cabo, and not only was he going to Cabo, but, like, I felt like every time he was on a plane, there were pictures being tweeted out. And so... <laughs> Then it becomes, you know, obviously where where is Ezekiel Elliott at? Obviously, we've talked to talked about it a lot, um, and so you don't have that if if he's just kind of laying low at his house and just waiting for this deal to get done. So there, I mean, both sides have had their say in it. You know, obviously Jerry saying the Zeke comment when we were in Hawaii that that obviously <laughs> ignited things and and led to them saying that they felt disrespected, and then uh, since then. I felt like that was just gasoline on the fire, and Jerry Jones, being Jerry Jones, was not going to just sit back on that. And so then he started going hard publicly, and I because of that recently, I, I thought a deal, you know, that was the biggest reason I thought a deal might not get done right away is because I thought it might be getting to a point where it's getting too ugly right now. But uh, to answer your question, I, I think it does take two. I think you, you both sides have to be willing to deal with a little bit of drama for this to happen. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, but I feel like covering the Cowboys, that that's always how it is, you know. I mean, eh. You know, it's like who expected Lyle Collins to get signed when he did? Who expected the Jalen Smith signing to go down when it did? But, you know, that's that's a Cowboys thing. That's a Jerry Jones thing. It just, you know, you, you have to be on your toes because you just really have to expect the unexpected. I also think we should discuss a little bit about the game plan for Sunday. Uh, so we're assuming Zeke, Zeke will be at practice today. It's being reported. And we're assuming that he will get work in. And uh, I saw that uh, Jane had reported that he will probably get about 20 to 25 reps on Sunday. And also that Olawale would be the best blitz pickup guy on third downs. Now, if you remember when Zeke came back from the suspension a few years back, he was a little rusty on, you know, blitz pickup and things like that. It was kind of, it was kind of weird. Um I'm not terribly worried about that, but that's the probably the, the thing I can, I'm concerned about the most with him coming in because that's just one of those technique things and get rep things, you know. If it's 20 to 25 carries for Zeke, Pollard's uh, – or 20 to 25 reps for Zeke, that's probably 15 carries, 15 to 18 carries. Pollard's your backup, and then Olawale. Now, you look at what they did last year. They carried three running backs with Zeke, Rod Smith, and Olawale. That would tell us that – Alfred Morris and Jordan Chun could be on the way out unless they decide to keep four running backs. How do you uh, how do you feel about all that? I just kind of laid out right there in terms of looking ahead to Sunday. Yeah, the one that I've been thinking about, and maybe I'm alone on this, just because he hasn't had any injury history. I just I you you don't really know what kind of training was going down in Cabo. So he did have he did go there during that six-game suspension, obviously, in 2017, but that was later in the year, so you felt like by the time he was going out there, he was already in football shape. So if he is in football shape um, and he didn't puke when he worked out with Marshall Falk, as we had heard, um, then there shouldn't be any reason about it. But I heard something. 
can't remember if it was when I was watching TV or I, I saw it on Twitter, but Mike Tannebaum said that when he was with the Jets that when they had their long holdout with Darrell Revis, it was when he got back there right before week one, it was the worry of a soft tissue injury, something that could like linger throughout the season because basically you're going from only, you know, you're doing a, you know, a certain level of workout and then all of a sudden you're going heavy game speed. Yeah. And so there's potential concern there, I feel like, that you don't want to overwork him early on. And, and I feel like the Cowboys, though, are kind of in a advantageous situation because they're getting the Giants, they're getting the Redskins, and they're getting the Dolphins these first three weeks. And so I feel like you can ease Ezekiel Elliott in at least these first couple of weeks but because Tony Pollard has looked good in, in, in the reps that he's been taking you know with this first team so by all means you want to have Ezekiel Elliott out there but I just uh I would caution over the you know um giving him 15 20 carries and throwing the ball to him four or five six seven eight times you know like I I think that there needs to be some caution taken there um because it would just look terrible if he comes back he gets the same workload, he gets an injury, and then he's missing games because of that. Yeah, and I think there's something interesting. It's a semantical thing from Jane's tweet. It said 20 to 25 reps. Well, 20 to 25 reps means you know, less than half the game. 20 to 25 touches is a little bit different. So uh, that's an interesting thing I think we'll monitor and probably know a little bit more. Obviously, John, you'll be out at practice today so uh, and locked in at the star all week. Um, before we wrap this emergency Zeke contract podcast up, let's quickly hit the possibility of Dak and lesser so Cooper getting a deal done over the next week or, you know, early. I, I might I might extend it out to the next two weeks or so. I just I don't see it happening now. I didn't see Jalen Smith happening. I didn't see uh, Lyle Collins happening either, but I just feel with where these guys are, the way that they've talked publicly, um, they just both seem like they're willing to play out this final year of their deals. And I, I, I felt like Dak Prescott's deal would get done when we were out in training camp, and that never happened. And you'd think with the Wentz deal being done and the Goff deal just getting done yesterday that this would push them in that direction. But I just still think they're far apart. And, and because of that, I think Dak's the type of guy he's willing to bet on himself for this season. And I think the Cowboys are willing – to, to take that bet as well and, and and a big factor here is that you know I mean obviously Dak went and signed with CAA and Todd France when he, when you do something like that you, you don't do that because you're thinking about taking a hometown discount I mean I'll say this you can you can criticize whatever you want about Dak Prescott on the field Dak Prescott is a great businessman and uh, it might not make you happy when he's getting north of you know 32 33 million um, but I feel like that's what he, that's what he's holding out for is a contract north of that, and uh, you just see with all the all the type of deals that he's been able to do off the field, all the endorsements and things like that, while still handling what he does on the field, um, he's about his business. He's good at it, and uh, I just don't see him taking one of these type of uh, you know discounted deals uh, that that's team friendly, like a, a Jalen Smith or a Lyle Collins, and I don't see Amari Cooper doing that either. So I think both of them guys are willing to bet on themselves, and I think that's why this thing kind of goes for a while. Jared Goff getting done last night, 4 at 134, $110 million guaranteed. To me, the Goff and Wentz template kind of tells you what the Dak Prescott template should be. But when the Cowboys came in, and whether this is official or not, and I'm led to believe the Cowboys came in with an, with an offer that was lower than $30 million per year and right around there, and who knows what the guarantees were. That's how you get rumors of Dak's side. 
who are also the agency of Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx and Robert <laughs> De Niro and ACDC. It's where you get those guys asking for $40 million. And that's how those types of stories come out. I thought hey, the golf KT, deal was a really... KT, I just wanted yeah. to say I was listening to you guys on the radio yesterday. And when you brought that up, I started cracking up because nobody thinks about that. They just think of that, oh, these guys represent people in sports. But then when you started ripping off all the names of those actors and musicians and stuff like that, I was like, yeah, these guys are just playing a different game than everybody else. They absolutely are. And I tweeted it with a smiley face for sarcasm. And everyone was like... Hollywood doesn't have a salary cap. <laughs> I was like, hey, everyone, calm down. Calm down. Just because I'm a fan of Dak doesn't mean I'm here to get killed for sarcastic tweets. You know, I, what I what I was saying, the golf deal is a good template for Dak, a good landing spot. I do think the Cowboys are fine letting him play. And you know what could be beneficial for the Cowboys? Letting him play a half season. And then maybe try to get it done during the bye week. Uh, before the Mahomes deal gets wrapped up at the end of the season when they're actually allowed to negotiate that deal. I think that's something that could make a lot of sense too. So just because a DAG deal maybe not, might not happening, be happening now, I think it could be something that happens in the bye week and you can gauge it off that. Or the Cowboys could say, you know what, we'll franchise yet. You know, I'm, I, my math tells me $28 million is going to be the quarterback franchise tag next year right around there. My concern with that is 100% of that's guaranteed, and I don't really want that. But, you know, I think that's something that the Cowboys might be willing to do now as well. So, you know, there's a there's a popular take, I think, out there by many people that the Zeke deal won't kill you as much as the Dak deal could. And you know what? That's fair, man. The Dak contract could be the one that kills you, uh, kills you because guess what? Quarterback's the most important position. We all know that. And if your quarterback doesn't play well, then it's going to be a problem. So, I just think it's I think it's something that won't get done like this week or anything. But I wouldn't be surprised if by week or you know maybe during a, a quieter time in the season 6 or 7 weeks down the road, I wouldn't be surprised if they went and hammered something out for Dak. Cooper's playing on the fifth year option at 13 million and with all his real estate investments doesn't seem to really care whether he gets a deal done or not uh this year. So I think those are two interesting things to watch, but the huge news of the day, Zeke, 6 at 90, 50 million guaranteed. The structure still yet to be seen, and that's something I wish we had and could discuss now, but the structure yet to be seen. But this was an emergency podcast, and that's what we'll do here on The Athletic. If you go to theathletic.com and you subscribe, you will get not only the this great podcast, uh, about twice a week uh, about them Cowboys featuring some of the great talent at the Athletic like John Mashoda, like Kent Garrison, Mike Pellucci, Saad Youssef, Bob Sturm, and more. But uh, you can also download the app, the Athletic app, which is really awesome and an awesome way to listen to these podcasts as well. Or you can listen to the podcast anywhere that you like to listen to your podcast, any of those outlets. Just uh, make sure you go to theathletic.com and please subscribe. That would be huge because if something happens, if Dak signs a deal at 4 a.m. tomorrow morning, we're going to sound the alarms and we're going to get the staff together and we'll probably do an emergency Dak podcast as well. So that's what we do here at The Athletic. We're going to take care of you and all your cowboy needs. Stay tuned to The Athletic this coming Thursday because we have an exclusive episode that's going to be exclusive on the app, KT, with Saad and Bob and John doing their Giants preview. We're going to be talking what more to expect from Ezekiel Elliott 
against the Giants. How good are the Giants this year? Could this be a trap game for the Cowboys? And more. So download the Athletic app, subscribe for that exclusive episode that will not be on the general iTunes Spotify feeds. So until then, until uh, week one fully gets underway, how about them Cowboys?